You're listening to the Mining and Energy Union podcast. Yes, you are. I'm Tim Brunero. Well, Russell Robertson has a long history as a Mining and Energy Union volunteer and activist at Gunyala in central Queensland. For 17 years, he's been representing our members in negotiations with the mine operator at the Fair Work Commission, and now he wants to represent them in Canberra too. Russell's running for the seat of Capricornia in the upcoming federal election. It takes in Rockhampton, Yapoon, the southern suburbs of Mackay, and also the mining heartland of Moorumbah, Dysart, Claremont and Collinsville. Russell joins me now. Mate, can you tell us a bit about you? So I was born in a little uh, regional community called Claremont. Claremont is very close to um, a township of Blair Athol, which is sort of the fir- one of the first coal mines in Queensland back in the early 1900s. And that's sort of where my, my father's family uh, have worked uh, and sort of started my grounding in the coal industry, actually born and bred um, in, in the first coal uh, town in Queensland. And you like to do a bit of camping. You've got two lovely boys, Harrison and Benjamin and, and um, Alicia. They're, they're, all, they're getting on a little bit now. Tell us a bit about some of the stuff that they're aspiring to do and they're working on. Uh, well, as, as you touched on, being part of CQ and being in you know, such a wide space, um, the out, outdoors is where it's at. So it's all about particularly four driving and, and camping and fishing. Uh, and as my boys are now leaving school, my um, oldest son is an apprentice uh, in the mine service industry. Um, my next son's heading that way and my daughter's just uh, just about to complete high school herself. So the kids are moving back into that area. I'm, I'm married for 20 years to my beautiful wife, Denise. Uh, and we've sort of raised our family in CQ, uh, all around CQ, because I've worked in and out of that uh, whole area, Tim, my entire life. Of course, you grew up in the district, but you also have had, and through your family, a long association with um, coal mining locally. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes, Tim, listen, I'm a third generation coal miner. So uh, as I touched on briefly before, my grandfather was in Blair Athol, my father I used to work in Blairathol and when that sort of started to wane a little bit and a company called the Utah Development Company came to Australia in the um, late 60s, early 70s and started opening up what we know now as uh, the Bowen Basin. My father moved to a, a really big uh, open cut coal mine called Gunyella um, and ultimately after travelling and working all through CQ I ended up in uh, starting a full-time job in Gunyella in 2001. So uh, I'm born and bred coal um, and it's, it's sustained my family through generations and it's sustaining uh, my family as we move forward. But you've also been a volunteer and activist uh, working with members when they do you know hit some bumps in the road. Can you tell us a bit about that and also I think you know that work at the Fair Work Commission and how that kind of galvanized your view that the, the, the cards are stacked against working uh, families, working people. You're exactly right Tim. So when we all work in a coal mine uh, we all uh, experience these massive multinational companies who are just ruthless uh, and you seem sometimes powerless with some of the, the things that they carry on. We're seeing the, their um, casualisation and what they're doing. And, and as, a, as a sort of young bloke coming into the coal mine, um, I was strong enough to stand up. And, and so what I did is not only stand up uh, for myself, but I stand up for others. And I started pursuing matters, um, things like um, no payments, ridiculous allegations against members, that sort of uh, process. So I started pursuing that all the way through to the Fair Work Commission because it was just wrong and it was it was multinational uh, companies who just absolutely run away with their power. And what I found, Tim, is that whole system is, is stacked against us, the worker, us, the coal miner. It's just so unfair. 
And so I've been looking for another avenue to um, try and even the odds or make uh, a, a give better representation to um, blue collar workers. Uh, and that's what's driven me to put my hand up in politics. It seems that the only way we're ever gonna get a fair go is if we get in uh, and we start help writing the rules instead of having the rules written against us by the likes of the um, Liberals and the Nationals in One Nation, as we get in and we start write, writing the rules that um, best help us. I think a lot of people forget that those who run the lodges at the various uh, sites, uh, you know, there's, n there's no pay in it. People do enormous hours and they volunteer their time to take calls at all times of the day and night to help people out. Uh, and of course, you're setting yourself up for a whole lot more of that should you be elected. Um, just before we move on to the area, because I know you're very passionate about local issues, uh, tell us a bit about coal mining and the state of it and, w and what the big issue is for you at the moment. So uh, I ended sort of the coal mining industry sort of in, in the early 90s, uh, where it was sort of a, the norm was you worked uh, as a trainee or an apprentice or all that, and then you sort of got a full-time role, Tim, and then you managed uh, and you worked your life there if you wanted um, through different pits or at the same pit. What we've seen is this dramatic uh, turnaround where uh, a full-time job is gone. These company, most of these massive multinational companies uh, only use labour hire now. You can be a labour hire person, of course, working side by side, doing the same job, same hours, everything, and getting you know, thousands of dollars less and a massive drop in safety standards because labour hire people are concerned about their job. So we're seeing this absolute exploitation, I say, of casualisation through not just the mining industry, but through now through education and health. So it's a work model that others are picking up after it's been pioneered in the mining sector. Uh, so I want to fix that. Uh, and of course, the other thing we're seeing is now this massive job losses through open cut coal mining, uh, through automation, uh, with no thought for the loss of jobs and, and, and no thought put into uh, what uh, our members and those affected in the coal mining industry are going to do. Russell, what I want to do now is just run through um, your views on some of the major parties. We might start with Labor or the ALP because that's who you're running for. Are you comfortable that they will, as soon as they get in, first hundred days, get rid of this labour hire rot, this casualisation rot, which we've just seen growing over the last few decades? Oh yeah, I mean, it's one of the, the, the singular reasons that I'm running, Tim. Um, I've taken Anthony Albanese, uh, Jim Chalmers through uh, coal mine tours. Uh, they get it, they understand it, and they can see it. And that's why they've made that commitment for the same job, same pay, to get rid of this rot and give uh, blue collar workers, coal miners, um, the opportunity to have a permanent job and make sure that they can support their communities and their families. Tell us a bit about the record of the Liberal National Party on this on this particular issue. Well, what we constantly see here in Queensland is the Liberals and the Nationals keep telling everyone how they support um, our industry. But the reality, Tim, is that they support coal mine owners. They never do anything for workers, and we've seen that in Queensland through uh, the omnibus bill that, that took millions of dollars out of the... Uh, hands of casual workers and things like the Grosvenor disaster. So when safety uh, and paying conditions are on the line, uh, the Liberals and the Nationals, they go missing. Uh, they don't want to hear about it unless it's a mine owner. Just speaking of those sorts of catastrophes, you've been very prominent in the push for industrial manslaughter laws in the industry, is that correct? Yes, yeah. so my, myself and uh, my friend uh, Nick Thompson, we made sure that some of these laws would get up and be made into a stronger law in Queensland uh, coal mining legislation. Russell, in fact, uh, the local member, Michelle Landry, she's fond of saying that some people like being casual. 
Just how insulting is that to local miners? I've never met anyone that says, I, I love having no sick leave, I, I love having no holiday pay, I love to be paid less than the person beside me. This is just another uh, highlight as to how out of touch the LNP are and how they don't care about coal miners. They don't care about casual workers and they don't care about casualisation. They're just going to keep going on uh, and exploiting us as long as they can. Speaking of some of the dodgier parties, tell us a bit about One Nation and Clive Palmer's United Australia Party. What's their record on these issues? Well, what we've seen uh, by uh, particularly One Nation is um, this sort of really big PR campaign about how uh, they're going to support coal mines and, and coal miners. But when push comes to shove, they go missing. Um, they are just uh, the Labor hire vote in Parliament for the LNP. Um, whatever they need, the LNP need, that's what uh, One Nation do. That's why uh, they voted for the Omnibus Bill that took all that money out of Casual's hands. That's why they constantly support the attacks uh, on things like our union. Um, One Nation have got a big PR campaign going, but when the rubber meets the road, they're nowhere to be found. And that's, that's a problem because a lot of members often think that that's the solution, that these minor parties are going to help them. And really all they do is exploit my workmates. Yes, I think people forget that in March 2021, One Nation teamed up with uh, the Liberal Nationals and passed that bill that undid all that good work um, the union had been doing in the court system and in the federal court to try and get rid of this, this labour hire rort, this casualisation rort. And I think it is important that people do remember that. Uh, just uh, while we're talking about the, the parties, quickly tell us about Clive Palmer because I think it's easy to forget some of his history in the uh, local mining industry. Uh, it's not that long ago that he was dudding workers in Townsville. Can you tell us a bit about that? Well, again, what we've got if, um, with um, the UAP is a billionaire trying to pass himself off as a friend of the worker. And, you know, if, if you're a friend of the worker, you don't dud your employees $76 million, of course, which is what's happened up in Townsville, uh, and then walk away and say that um, it's not your fault, it's not your program. Now, this guy's putting, you know, millions in, so the, you know, 100 million or something into a federal campaign and he still owes millions of dollars to workers you know this, the Queensland state Labor government had to step up to try and assist workers uh, and of course it's the same thing they talk it up they talk a big game uh, and deliver nothing sometimes our members are tricked uh, by their big claims uh, because they promise everything and because our members are so um, uh, decent and hard-working they get taken in by this PR campaigns from Palmer and, and One Nation particularly. Yes, that whole fiasco around that uh, nickel refinery, uh, it, it really is quite sobering. When you when you go back and Google it and have a read, it's like, whoa. Um, listen, let's uh, talk about the last of the major parties. Some people do say, look, Labor is just too close to the Greens. What do you say about that? Well, I think, um, again, what it highlights is the effectiveness of a PR campaign from the likes of One Nation, uh, Palmer and and the Liberals and the Nationals. They keep saying, oh, they're mates. Uh, the Greens are no friends of mine. We've seen it, saw the massive sabotage by the Greens in the last federal campaign. They're trying it again. Uh, my view is the Greens are very parasitic. They try and jump on our back and claim some of the wins and, and the work that we do, uh, when actually uh, they are no help. They are just there to serve uh, some inner city richies uh, and they do nothing for us. They've got no vision of uh, our industry and no understanding of our industry. And, and the Greens are a problem uh, and that uh, the Labor Party needs to come up with. But 
because of their strong association, particularly with inner city liberals, uh, it's, a, it's a problem. Um, but uh, I'm no friend of the Greens um, and I do everything I can to make sure uh, they don't cause any trouble uh, in my industry. Well, Russell, now we come to, uh, I know, the topics that you like the most talking about, um, and that is all the local stuff. But give, give us a sense of what you're seeing. I know that um, you saw some impacts around the sports rule saga. I know local housing is a big issue of concern for you. Um, the Peak Downs Highway, uh, the, the hospital in Serena. Um, can you give us a bit of, give us your local pitch for, you know, what's happening around about? So what we've seen is, is Capricornia, because uh, surprisingly it's been sitting in the LNP because they keep running these scare campaigns. Uh, and what we've seen is just pretty much on a local level is, is what the same thing as they get to up uh, to uh, at a federal level. So it's, it's millions of dollars for their mates. Uh, they're trying to propose a stadium on a floodplain, you know, that's worth millions of dollars. Um, there's projects worth, uh, again, millions of dollars that have just never been completed, but it's just money they just continually pour in and while they're giving tons of money to their mates, they're smashing and, and cutting the stuff that um, us working class people like social housing need. You know, my young son's a second year apprentice, he can't afford uh, to move into uh, a house. He needs social housing um, and so do his friends and people that are only just, just getting away through this casualization who aren't making enough. We've seen the NRAS system cut, we've seen no social housing or social housing decimated in uh, central Queensland. Uh, and our health services, they completely underfund our health services. Try and get a GP in Capricornia, you know. Uh, the LNP seem to find money for, uh, you know, invisible submarines and they could waste it at billions. But when it comes to where it really matters, which is health, housing uh, and workers, uh, they, where are they? They've gone missing. They just funnel the money into their mates. Well, Russell, the big day's only a few weeks away. People will be uh, heading into the polling stations and get all their paperwork and they'll have to stand there and make a decision. Uh, can you give us your final pitch uh, to the uh, people of Capricornia? That's uh, everyone in Rocky and Yapoon and the southern bits of Mackay and, of course, the mining heartlands of uh, Moorumbar and Dysart and Claremont and Collinsville. Uh, what, what's your final pitch before we let you go? Sort of the, the best pitch I can make is is Capricornia needs a coal miner in Canberra. If we're ever going to make our jobs safer and maintain our paying conditions and make sure that we can protect our families and grow our families, then we need to put a coal miner in Canberra. Uh, that, I'm the coal miner, uh, I need your support and I can only do it uh, with the support uh, of the great people of Capricornia. Um, the only way we're going to protect our industry, grow our industry, is to have that coal miner in Canberra. Well, all power to your arm, Russell. Uh, thanks so much for having a yak to us today. I appreciate the time, Tim. I really do. Thank you. Well, that's the end of this month's episode. Thanks, Russell, for being on the podcast. And I do hope he makes it to Canberra. He does seem like a great bloke. I'm Tim Brunero. Talk to you next time.